The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. When I went to Eretz Yisrael to learn in Bet Midrash, I came to a yeshiva, an Israeli yeshiva, where all my friends went to American yeshivot, and I came to an Israeli yeshiva because I heard in this Israeli yeshiva, the Rosh HaYeshivot were giants, really giants. And I spent there quite a few years. And it turns out that there was another guy there that came from Belgium. His name was Yankee Arnstein. An amazing person. If you've ever seen charm, personality, he turned out to be one of my closest friends. And the fact that he spoke English was a big help, at least in the beginning, until I got to know everybody and speak Hebrew. So we became very close. We became very, very close. Best friends. Best friends. And a year and a half later, he gets married to a wonderful, wonderful young lady. And uh, I was close with them even after their marriage. I would go to them for Shabbat every now and then. Three and a half years later, I come back to America to start dating. And after a very interesting journey that Hashem took me through, I met my wife. (laughs) And I'm sure... Most of you know the story about my wife and uh, me and how I daven for her as a kid. So this was clearly in Hashemayim. And now I tell my wife, I want to go back to Eretz Yisrael. I want to go learn in Kolel for a few years. I was in the middle of writing a sefer on Baba Kama. I wanted to finish it. So she says, it's going to be hard for me. You know, a girl from the community. So at that time, it wasn't fashionable to pick up and go down Ocean Parkway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Forget about a different country. But she did it for me. And we went to Israel. Now I thought to myself, I really thought to myself, that when two guys are best friends, and then each guy gets married, so automatically, you know, right? I mean, we're best friends, and these are our wives. So, you know, if, if A equals B and e, B equals C, then A should equal C, right? So I said, well, it's like Pashut, that my wife is going to be best friends with his wife. And what's the question? Boy, did I get a lesson in life. I come back to Israel with my new wife. And that first Shabbat together, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I saw... Their personalities just were not meshing. And then they started to butt heads. And I said, oh, hey. And got so bad that we, the two couples, from that point on, started drifting apart. And I lost my best friend. Nobody in the world should ever be in a situation to have to choose between his best friend and his wife. But that's a tough spot. And of course, we started to drift apart. And I had nothing to do with my best friend for the next almost year and a half. It's like even when we bumped into each other on the street, it was like, hi. A very cold hi, which is not my personality. But there was nothing I can do because... There was too much heat at home behind this. 
And then, a year and a half later, at 5 a.m. in the morning, I get a phone call from America. And it's my mother. And her voice was shaking. I said, Ma, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. And all I hear her say was, Don't ever forget your Zaydi. He loved you like a son. And I understood at that minute what she just said. My grandfather, her father, just passed away. Now you have to understand, my father came over to the United States with no family. He was here with the Murray Yeshiva at 13 years old. There was no grandparents on the father's side. We only grew up, me and my brothers, we grew up with one set of grandparents. We only grew up with my mother's parents who lived in Brighton Beach, who was part of uh, one of the heads of the young Israel of Brighton Beach. Very big activists. And we went there for Shabbat all the time. My Zaydi al Shalom, if I have to say it, I'll say it. He was the one that got me to stand up at the age of nine in front of the entire young Israel and start speaking by Sudat Shalishit. <laughs> so this is his fault. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I was so close to this grandfather, he was like my father. He was like a second father to me. So when he passed away, I was distraught. His grandfather was the world to me. He was that magical grandfather. He was the grandfather out of, you know, you know that great grandfather, the one that would come and pick you up from yeshiva when there's no school buses? He's that guy. It's like my, my mother never had to worry about carpool. The moment that he heard that he needed somebody to go pick up Dovi from yeshiva, he'd be out there picking me up. It's like that grandfather, a father. He passed away. I was broken to pieces. I, Rabotai, listen to me. I was broken to pieces. And I was in Israel. I couldn't even go to the... I, I couldn't even go to the Hesped. I couldn't even go to... I heard the funeral over the phone. And that was a double burn. I had no one to share it with. I was sitting in an apartment in Harnof. Alone. With no one to talk to. With no one to say anything to. I just cried day and night. I sat in that apartment on the couch for four days straight and did not get off the couch. I prayed on the couch. I didn't eat anything. I slept on the couch. I cried on the couch for four days straight over losing my grandfather. And my wife just didn't know what to do with me. And she calls up her parents. And her father told her, just give him his space. He lost someone like his father. Give him his space. And she gave me the space. She gave me the space. And she went to work every day. And she told me, Dovi, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And I'm sitting there on the couch alone. After four or five days of not moving from that spot. And there's a knock on the door. Who's knocking on the door? I got up and I walk up to the door. And I open up the door to the apartment. And there he is. My best friend.
Yankee Arnstein. And he doesn't say a word. He just walks up to me and he hugs me. And he says to me, I know he was like a father to you. You must be broken to pieces. But I want to tell you something. At that minute, he gave me something that I needed so badly. And it meant nothing to me, any issues I had with him. And it meant nothing to me, any fights of family or wives or whatever. And it meant not to me anything that we didn't speak for a year and a half. Nothing meant anything to me outside of that moment. And I cried on this guy's shoulders for almost a half an hour. And I couldn't let go of him. Because when you're down and you're out and you're crying in Avelut and someone shows up and puts their arm around you and gives you that hug at the moment you need it the most, I promise you, you will never forget that moment nor that person for the rest of your life. Abba right now is an Avelut and he's crying. And he wants to know who remembers him and who's just going on with his life, going through the nine days, huffing a puffing about the fact that there's no meat and no music. And when is this going to be over? And grin and bear it. And can I do laundry? Hashem says, but what about me? What about me? Forget about the laundry. Can you go a few days without meat? Forget about the music. What about me? Don't you see I'm suffering here with you? I'm suffering because of you. I'm suffering waiting for you. I'm crying over you, Klal Yisrael. Remember me. Look where I am. I'm crying. Does anyone care? And then one guy, one guy, one guy comes and knocks on God's door. And he says, Abba, I'm going to say Tikkun Rachel. I'm going to say Tikkun Le'ah tonight at midnight, which tonight it's 102. At midnight, I'm going to say Tikkun Chatzot. I'm going to sit on the floor. I'm going to sit up against a doorpost where there's a mezuzah. I'm going to take out my sidor. I'm going to say Anna. I'm going to say Tikkun Rachel and wail over the destruction of the Chorban Bet HaMikdash. Then I'm going to say Tikkun Le'ah, beautiful Perakim of Tehillim, that cry out for Hashem to take us back. And Hashem says, whoa, 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 oh my gosh, look at this. This guy showed up for me. This guy's thinking about me. This guy's crying with me. He's coming to be Menachem Avelim to God. Hashem is an Avelut. You ever heard about going and paying a Shiva call? We should never know from these things. But right now is the time. And Hashem says, when we're up, everybody's our best friend. But you know when you really find out who your friends are? When you're down and out. The people that show up when you're down and out are the real people in your life. And generally those people are family and extremely close friends. And there's not a lot, not many. 
Because when people are down and out, people don't want to hear it. They just, you know, unless they love you to death, it's very hard to share misery and pain with people. You show up to Borei Olam tonight at 1.02 a.m. Open up the sea door, sit down on the floor, lean your back against the post where the mezuzah is, and just say the Tikkun Rachel, Tikkun Le'ah, Abba, I'm crying with you. Abba, I'm crying over your Bet HaMikdash. I'm crying over what we had together. I'm crying over the Avelut that we're in together. I'm yearning for the rebuilding of the Bet HaMikdash. I'm yearning to see you in your glory again. I promise you, Borei Olam will never forget what you just did. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to Inspire.org.